This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. When you're poor, if you rip the knees out of your pants, you just fucking put a patch on them and keep moving. <laughs> I know. You know what's the only thing less cool than having holes in your pants? <laughs> having patches having on your patches pants. patches on there. When I was a kid, my dad had bought me this gun belt that had two holsters on it that were from the Lone Ranger, and I had two fucking six-shooters that had caps and shit like that. Well, after we inevitably lost the holsters off of it, my dad was like, it's a good belt to whoop y'all with, boy. Darlene, Darlene, go down to uh, go down to the Kmart and grab us three <laughs> box fans. We ain't got no money for no air conditioning right now. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. Hey guys, welcome back to a show that remembers when there were definitely two camps. People who like GoBots and people who like Transformers. And you most definitely didn't want to be one of those GoBots kids. Or as we like to call it, Now That I'm Older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online, go to nowthatimolder.com or also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show like our newest Patreon, Michael Miller, thank you very much, Michael, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder, and if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Pottern Family. Now, Pottern Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcast and create a family out of absolutely nothing if you go to twitter and check out the hashtag potter family you're going to find our show as well as the beyond six seconds podcast the two guys one plot podcast and the three musketeers podcast and this week on episode 190 we talk about being poor something that i know a whole lot about and something kenny had no clue about until he decided to move out of the suburbs and pretend to be a poor kid with us we tell a story about me and my little brother having to open a two liter of coke with a pair of pliers because my dad didn't want us to get inside of it we talk about sharing a, a walking closet as a bedroom in a house with no heat while we use kerosene heaters indoors just to make sure that we can have some heat and then later on we're going to share a story about the one time i got beamed in the head with a saucer while my dad was looking for his keys and real quick just want to let you guys know there's not going to be an intro story this week just because i had a family emergency i was dealing with but it will come back next week so check it out we'll be right back this is going to be such an exciting day i hope you enjoy it I think you will. Tonight on Family Matters, we interview Shane Smith on opening Coke with pliers. Okay, so for me and my little brother, growing up, there was no nectar in the entire world sweeter than Coca-Cola. And there was one reason, is because the only person who got to drink Coca-Cola when we got a Coke in the house was my mom and my dad. Wait, y'all weren't even allowed to have any Coca-Cola? We could always have, like, a little half glass. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, you know that cup that you always had in the bathroom to get water when you'd brush your That's teeth? The spit cup. Exactly. That little cup should, like that? You used to spit the, spo- the, the toothpaste out. <laughs> exactly. That was about how much Coke we were allowed per night. You know, the two-liter back then was, like, 59 cents. Even though I was six years older than my brother, <laughs> that was all the Coke we were allowed. We were allowed less than one, like, 
tw- like one 12 ounce Coke together <laughs> per night. Like Coke's only like back. This is like in the eighties when it was like 59 cents a bottle for a two liter. <laughs> this is like 86. Okay. Like <laughs> yeah. 85 or this some shit like that. The, before like even Max Hedrum. This is back when like a, getting a two liter of Coke, when they finally like put out a two liter and they went, cause I remember that that was a big deal because you used to always have to buy cans and shit. But when they put out the two liter, no, dude, the two liter was out before us. You're thinking of the three liter. The three liter. The three liter was a huge deal. It was the huge bottle of. Coke. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because back in the day, we were all convinced that diabetes was a good thing, <laughs> and we had to drink as much Coca Cola as fucking possible, kind of like double stuffed Oreos. That, but that one stuck. But anyway, when we were growing up, my mom and dad would bring in two cokes and say, "Now listen, don't be going in here and drinking this coke, okay? I'm gonna make sure and tighten this shit before I leave work." <laughs> So when y'all get home from school, y'all ain't drinking up all we the coke. We spent $1.20 on these two things of coke, and y'all ain't going to waste them. Dude, when you got $100 to feed four people for like a month and a half or whatever, okay, <laughs> those two cokes were like fucking luxuries you couldn't really afford, okay? <laughs> y'all can drink water, little ingrates. No, we can make Kool-Aid. I mean, it was perfectly fine for us to have like a cup of sugar to one little thing of Kool-Aid. <laughs> Could have the coke because Dennis wanted coke. <laughs> So my dad would come in and buy this two liter of Coke and my dad was a painter. So he had really, really strong hands and he would tighten the fucking Coke to a point where my mom couldn't even open it. Like he would lock my mom out of the Coke as well. And be like, y'all can't have no Coke. So one day it was like 9,000 degrees outside and they had left me there with Steven. And I'm like, I don't know, it was eight, nine years old or some I shit mean, like Coke's that. not even like, as an adult, you realize these things. Like, Coke is not what you want to be drinking after you've been running around playing all day. <laughs> oh, but as a kid, like, but you go outside kid, and like, play. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Well, we couldn't go outside and play because mom and dad weren't there. And they're like, we can't have y'all getting outside and getting hurt and stuff like that. So we're sitting inside bored as fuck. And sure. Steve... My parents were like, you better be outside most of the day. <laughs> we're going to ask the neighbors, make sure y'all were out there running and shit. Steven looks over at me and goes, hey... Hey, Shane, you think we could have some Coke? I'm like, no, you know Dad tightens the shit down, <laughs> Stephen. We ain't got no way to get into the Coke. He goes, we could use some pliers to get into the Coke. And I was like, huh. <laughs> now, two geniuses. <laughs> at eight years old, two people living in a single-wide trailer. Pause. Just recently, <laughs> this is when an eight-year-old's calling the shots. The same thing happens when an 80-year-old is calling the shots. <laughs> so I come home, and my aunt or my uncle and my grandmother are coming in and out of the house. Going back and forth to my grandmother's tool room. Okay. Out back. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> so I walk up there. I mosey on upstairs. I'm like, Grandma, what you trying to do down there? And she had a Coke with like pliers on the on the top of it trying to open a two liter? No. Apparently she had one of these old metal gas cans that had the old like metal telescoping nozzle. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? From like, right. we, they were old when we were children. Right. So she has one of these, and she's trying to open it. And I'm like, first of all, why, why do you give a the, shit? Why don't you just go buy a new gas can for a dollar? Get to the bounty that's inside that is the gas in there. There's stuff called plastic now. You should really look into it. But uh, she she wanted the gas that was in it. Who knows how old this gas is, but whatever. That's she what you need to do is use gas from, like, the 60s. From a, from a rusty old can. <laughs> That's like a that's, just, that's how superheroes or villains are made. <laughs> right there. You splash some of that so, gas on you. So she's looking for her monkey wrench. And for those of you who don't know what a monkey wrench is, it's the one you see in the cartoons that's really long and has like two grips that you tighten down on something on the other end. Right. It's from breaking like fused pipes loose that haven't been opened in 30 years. Okay. So that's her and my uncle. That's how they were trying to open this can. I put this, one of them would try to hold the can. And the other one was going to use the monkey wrench on it. So they find the monkey wrench. And they this come sounds over safe. 
And I walk over and I look and immediately go, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you ain't even tried. That's what reminded me of the story. Shane told me that earlier when I told him something he had thought was stupid. <laughs> God damn it, dude. He's like, you don't know it's stupid. You haven't tried. I was like, I don't need to try. Physics. <laughs> At eight years old. There's- so, pause. We'll pause there on my story. Tell me what happens with your Coke and plier story. So, in the Coke and plier story, we know there's liquid gold. <laughs> Inside this bottle. So, again, my grandmother, 80-year-old, 8-year-old, she knows there's liquid gold, which is free gas in her mind. <laughs> this can. Back to your story. The quarter gallon of gas that she's going to get out like, of I was shaking, and I was like, you're kidding me. There's like maybe an eighth of a gallon in here. Go ahead. <laughs> so me and my brother look at the pliers, and I'm like, this just might work, man. We get some channel locks, okay? <laughs> Where, like, they have the little channels on them. You can uh, roll them down. I hope he whipped y'all's ass with the cowboy belt. Keep going. <laughs> So we grab the Coke up, and I put in one hand. Like, now, this is an eight-year-old hand, and now I could put a fucking two-liter in my hand and hold it. But at eight years old, like, you had to have both hands. you had little fat fingers, too. <laughs> little pre-diabetes fingers. Shut up, dude. <laughs> because I was drinking so much Coke. <laughs> and sugar water Kool-Aid. And the tea. We used to make a gallon of tea and put two cups of sugar in it. <laughs> you had to have it hot when you put in the sugar. <laughs> so that's the only way to melt that much sugar and that little bit of liquid. Oh, and there would still be times you'd pour sugar, you'd pour tea into your fucking glass and, and add you'd, more. And you'd have a little bit. No, you wouldn't <laughs> add more, but you'd see like sugar crystals just like roaming around in the bottom. And, and you like, were just fine with that. <laughs> you hoped for it. That was the the good parts the at bonus. the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> bonus. So anyway. We grab the two liter, the liquid gold that's inside and everything like that. And I get the channel locks on there and I, I like try to set it down on the ground and I put my knee on it. <laughs> okay. Genius all over the place. <laughs> so I put the channel locks on the top and I go to turn it and I'm like, like everything I got, right? Eight years old, dude. And my little brother's grabbing with his little hands and shit like that. We're trying to turn that's it. It's always good. Two people start pulling on a branch. <laughs> and then of course, exactly what happens is the bottle that's on my knee on the linoleum slips and both our hands slam into the ground and shit like that immediately. <laughs> that's what they did. Try to open the can. They bang their hands. They're pretty good. Try to open this can too. So then we lift it up and I'm like, all right, Stevie, put it between your legs <laughs> <laughs> and squeeze it as hard as you can. Squeeze it as hard as you can. He's going to hit the nuts. So he squeezes as hard as he can, and I go to twist it, and nothing happens. It just starts spinning, and, and I, like, hit him a couple times in the leg as I'm trying to, yeah, like, turn it and for shit. The, for those of you guys who don't have a good grip on physics, what he's doing is squeezing the bottle cap tighter on the bottle while he's trying to open it with the channel locks. Which, back to the other story, the reason I knew as soon as I looked at the gas can this wasn't work is they had formed the new cap, the metal cap that goes on the metal rim of the nozzle. Mm-hmm. Had become a lovely square shape. <laughs> and you can't rotate a square over another square, which is kind of what you guys were doing on a smaller level. Back to your story. Well, what we ended up doing is we ended up going back and forth with this bottle. And it's got like teeth marks. Oh, I was going to say, your dad's going to beat y'all's ass. I mean, he, you've already done got yourself in that hole. All on the outside of it, okay? So finally, I'm, I'm like, just waiting for y'all to finally open it and spill it. <laughs> we finally did like after a while of fucking with it and stuff like that I finally found a way like I could get it like I got enough leverage on it I think I pinned it between two things or some shit like that I got enough leverage and finally we heard that that pssst. and when we heard that it was like a glorious sound and we took the, the coke and we like got both of us took one glass and like we split one glass because we knew like in our minds we still had that Pavlov's response we're like we can't get too much coke <laughs> y'all have been beaten into submission <laughs> well my dad had a fucking 
when I was a kid, for anybody who hadn't gone back and listened to this episode, you should go back and find it. We had the Lone Ranger gun belt because when I was <laughs> he's still gonna beat your ass when he sees them goddamn teeth marks. When I was a kid, my dad had bought me this gun belt that had two holsters on it that were from the Lone Ranger, and I had two fucking six shooters that had caps and shit like that. Well, after we inevitably lost the holsters off of it, my dad was like, "It's a good belt to whoop y'all with, boy. I'm gonna like take this. Vi- it's like a vinyl strap. <laughs> it was just fucking a thick." Like, I'm talking like a quarter-inch thick vinyl strap that my dad would beat us like slaves with. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> and y'all got beat that night, didn't you? Well, we put the Coke away. I put it back on. And I'm like eight years old doing everything I can, right? Like to try and twist it and try and twist it and like push it. I'm grabbing the, the pliers again because I'm already sunk, dude. We've already fucking used the pliers <laughs> on it. So I use them to try and get it as, as good as I can. My dad comes home that night, goes to grab some, some Coke. And I already told my mom. I'm a snitch. I'm a snitch. Okay. They told myself to try to get a deal. I did. I, I pled state's evidence as soon as my mom got home. Stevie wanted it. Well, he originally was the one who said, let's get some Coke, and he was the one who came up with the pliers. See? Throwing that's, him under the bus right here on the podcast. That's actually a lie. I came up with the pliers. I tried to, I tried to put that out there that he was the one doing it, but it really was. I said, well, we got some pliers. But anyway, I told my mom, I turned state's evidence. I sit under the hot lights. I spill everything. I'm like, we really wanted some Coke. My mom was like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Your mom was the public defender, and she's like, you got no money to spend on this trial. You might as well just plead guilty and get whooped with a cowboy belt. <laughs> so my dad gets home. Grabs a Coke, and inevitably, my mom doesn't even intercede. My mom doesn't even jump in to do anything. My, just, my dad grabs a Coke, and I was like, what the hell happened to the goddamn Coke? Why is her teeth marks on? Joe use pliers on my damn Coke? No, Daddy, no, Daddy, we didn't do nothing like that. We ran away and hid in the back room. We ended up getting our ass whooped for getting into the Coke. But that's just an illustration of exactly how poor we were at the time. I mean, it wasn't anything wrong, like, whatsoever, I didn't, I didn't beat my grandmother. <laughs> I just went and got a big screwdriver and popped the lid off like a can because I realized once they had squared up the nozzle, it wasn't going to rotate anymore. So I just solved the problem and didn't beat anybody. <laughs> but that's probably why I'm not in prison. <laughs> well, just just thinking about some of the things that, like, as a poor kid that just you didn't really understand were wrong, like just viciously wrong. Like, there were plenty of times, I'm willing to bet this never happened to you, where you walked in the front door, you set down your book bag, and the whole trailer, which you never were living in a trailer, so this this part definitely doesn't happen, but you never walked into the trailer. There's always a firm foundation where I live. (laughs) (laughs) There was a firm foundation of God where I live. Oh, yeah. Beating people with a leather strap over coat. Go ahead. So Preach. You walk in, you set your book bag down, you look around the trailer, and the air is really, like, still. Like, it doesn't feel like the air conditioning working for some reason. And then you walk over to the TV, because as a kid, the first thing you always did was turn the TV on, and the TV didn't work. And then you realize the VCR is not flashing. Oh, no, never came home to power being off. And then you turn the light switch on, and the you realize... The air conditioner broke a couple times. That was pretty rough. Yeah, and we'll let it bet the next day it was fixed, though, right? Well, yeah, we had... Yeah, you guys didn't spend, like, just a month... Just call the repair people. You didn't spend a month or two going, we ain't got the money to fix the air conditioning. We're just going to have to suffer with it. We're going to get a box fan. Darlene, Darlene, go down to uh, go down to the Kmart and grab us three <laughs> box fans. We ain't got no money for no air conditioning right now. Um, we lived in a house at one point where we didn't have 
heating and air at all. We've told the story where we had to sleep in an, a, a closet and all that stuff when it got really cold with kerosene heaters in the same room. <laughs> you and Steven shared a closet as a bed. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We actually, uh, my mom and dad tried to convince us we were camping. And yeah, I was yeah, like, that's a good I, tactic. I don't think this, I don't think camping, I think if the kerosene heater was outside with us in the middle of the campsite, that'd be more like camping. She got you a hammock. Um, <laughs> We didn't have any hammocks. I'm trying to sell shade. I'm putting a hammock in the studio. We're not putting a goddamn hammock in the studio. It's my house. <laughs> you can't even clean the fucking trash off the table. If well, you clean the trash off the table, you can have a hammock. All the trash has to go. Okay. Every bit of it. All okay. the sparkling water bottles. Everything. Dude, I didn't bring that sparkling bottle of water here. That's your curse. So going back to being poor, you never showed up where the power was off, ever. No. You never showed. You never had the gas turned off in the middle of winter when it was like thirty degrees Only outside. Only a D8 <laughs> visiting you and Paul. Well, the That's the was, closest I got to being poor is visiting you. <laughs> the heat was always on D8. I lived there about a year and about. I'd say about three months. I'll tell you what stood out to me as a, as a kid who wasn't poor going to the poor kid's house. What stood out at your house is there used to be a TV in front of the front door. What are you talking about? For a while, everybody goes in and out the back of the apartment. Oh, yeah. At your house. So at one point, your mom was just like, fuck it. We're putting the entertainment center on this wall where the door happens to be. <laughs> and the front door no longer existed, so pretty much. Are you saying that only happens in poor houses? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was unused space, dude. There was a fucking door there we were never going to use. a front door. <laughs> <laughs> it's the main it's supposed to be the main entryway of your house what? literally the back of the TV is pushed up to it I just stood out to me I was like that's weird as fuck that's, what, that's odd and there's um, a fish tank with no fish in it <laughs> <laughs> running everything there's no fish in it there's, there's Why just, the... just a bucket of water really <laughs> we would call it our pet water <laughs> those are the things you notice when you go to a poor kid's house when you're not one of the poor kids. Um, so that's what you notice is that we had a TV up against the door. <laughs> yeah, a TV up against the door and a fish <laughs> tank with no fish. Okay, so yes, we had pet water and we covered our front door up with a TV. And for me, that was completely normal. I didn't think that made us poor. Maybe my mom was just a bad interior decorator. Next up, we run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we discuss living a life without hot water, getting brained with a saucer while my dad was looking for his keys, and we close the show with our asshole runaway dog, Max. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the of comic book news and reviews and why why are you stopping me yes that's much better hi this is andy larson for ghosts of the stratosphere join me every week along with my co-hosts rob stewart and chad smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. New shows posted every Tuesday with bonus shows every first Friday of the month. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com. Hope to see you soon, folks. I know we need the money. Listen, we're not just doing this for money. We're doing it for a shitload of money. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? 
Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? And what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. If I started peeing on you right now, would you A, smile and ask for more, or B, move the hell out the way? What it is, everyone. I'm Jacob Meza, the host of the podcast, So It Is Told. Each week, I read a new folk tale or fairy tale with a local comedian and or world traveler. Like your drunk grandma reading a bedtime story, their suspense. Oh my God, they are cannibals. Magic. <laughs> and all around madness. They're birthing hips. Available on any mainstream podcast directory. F- 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 fresh. <laughs> I quote John Lennon. I don't believe in Beatles. I just believe in me. Let's see. What's one of the other things that I I spent an entire summer taking cold showers because mom and dad refused to pay the. Um, you did that at the eight too. <laughs> no, we didn't. We had like a, a day or two. We had to do that, but didn't it wasn't. You, have, you had water, uh, yeah. electric water here. Yeah, we had electric water here. Like, like there <laughs> you're was, lucky because your gas. <laughs> oh no! When the gas went out, like when I actually lost the gas, um, I called the maintenance. Like when when uh, my ex girlfriend moved out, I called the maintenance people and I'm like, hey. Um, the gas isn't working in my apartment for some reason. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. I was like, I need you guys to get a goddamn maintenance person down like, here today. Did you pay the bill? No, no. On the phone, they're like, oh my God, sir, I'm so sorry about this. This is like, you know, a year and a half into me living at D8 total. So I'm still like, in good standing. <laughs> I haven't become like. Paul had moved in and turned into a drug hole. <laughs> I haven't become the most terrible fucking resident in the entire like in complex whatsoever. There's not a live rock band up there. There's not a cat and a dog and a fucking ferret living there. There's not all these animals and all this fucking craziness going on. I'm still a good tenant. So I call him and say, need a fucking maintenance man. Gas isn't working. I want to cook some food. 30 minutes later, there's a maintenance man in there. And he walks in, goes, sticks his nose down there and goes did you pay your bill what what are you talking about your gas bill he goes when's the last time you paid your gas bill i was like oh my ex-girlfriend paid the gas bill he goes that's probably your problem sir and walks out takes his little toolbox and just walks out <laughs> and in my head i thought well you know what winter's coming let's just see how cold it gets in the apartment before we decide to go ahead well, and you invest. must have had an electric water heater no, I definitely had an electric water heater, but when we, out there. when we got to winter and shit like that, I realized that the people below us were nice enough to turn their heat on. <laughs> heat does rise. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't horribly cold at DA. If you had a jacket or a blanket, you were okay. <laughs> Everybody was sitting in my living room like, you could see your breath. This sucked for like Lisa because she was like 98 pounds. She oh, yeah. was shivering with Chico. Yeah, my little fucking <laughs> chihuahua we had. Uh, it was worth it just to watch Paul put on the sweater. <laughs> One dog hated Paul and he hated that sweater. And he would just gnaw the fuck out of Paul's hands that whole process. Dude, we would, um, Paul. I, I want to, if, if we ever get him out on the show, I want to ask him if it hurt more when he was raped in prison or <laughs> if when Chico put on his sweater. I wonder if that's a tie. Dude, I don't want to talk about Paul being raped in prison ever. I don't ever want to talk about anal rape in prison. What if Paul turned out to be a, a butt rapist in prison? I don't want to talk about that. He only rapes skinny white boys. I don't want to talk about that whatsoever. They pawns him out the black dudes. I don't want to talk about that like on the podcast, Peter, Like Kenny. if Peter was in prison, Paul would definitely anal rape him and then sell him out to black dudes. 
I don't want to talk about this, anal rape then, on the podcast, then sir. Then guys would all get on there and talk about what it was like to anal rape a, a, a uh, hobbit. Ladies and gentlemen, I really apologize about Kenny diverging the show into uh, anal rape and stuff like that. It was, happens in prison. It's not talked about enough, sir. Here's another thing. When's the last time, uh, when you were younger, when you were still smoking and shit like that, when was the last time you actually like injured somebody looking for cigarette money? Never. <laughs> <laughs> so you never injured anyone. <laughs> injured somebody looking for, like jump them or like mug them? What are you talking about? I'll tell you. <laughs> That's not normal, by the way. <laughs> So one day, um, my dad is, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, for cigarette money. Uh, we're looking around, looking around for cigarette money. And sh- no, it wasn't cigarette money. It wasn't cigarette money. It was keys. That's what it was. Looking for your keys, not cigarette money. That makes even less sense. Cause now it doesn't even cost money. <laughs> so you never injured anybody looking for your keys as well. I have to ask that because I screwed up and, and thought it was for uh, cigarette money. This is a whole different story where we spent an hour and a half <laughs> thank, looking for enough money to put cigarettes together for my thank, dad. Thank God. <laughs> because this show could go on for years if we just talk about my dad. But anyway, one morning, my dad has to go find his keys. I have overslept, missed the bus, and my dad needs to find his keys so that we can leave. He's late for work already. I missed the bus. He's got to drive me to school. It's all your fault. So we're looking around for the keys. And my dad dad is not the kind of guy who gets a little bit mad. My dad's kind of an overreactor. If you will, um, <laughs> I don't think you have to explain that to the audience. My dad overreacts kind of extremely in certain situations. So my dad starts getting heated about the fact that his keys are nowhere to be found. He starts getting really heated. So he's grabbing shit off of the couch and throwing it viciously hard across the room. Like we're talking clothes, we're talking the clothes basket. Because you know, you can always intimidate your keys into coming out. <laughs> Something they do in the wild. Um, poor people. I've seen them. They, they'll yell at what they want, and it just comes out. It's weird. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but the North American keys are very startled. It's <laughs> the North American poor people keys. <laughs> They're very startled by violence and by things being thrown. So my dad is throwing shit. We had this little um, living room set that my mom and dad were so proud of that they had bought from Sears. <laughs> it was like great. I remember those days. You got a new couch. It was a big fucking deal, man. Oh yeah, dude. Your mom and dad would bring people over just to look at the couch. I know. Look at this new couch we got. Look how nice it is. You guys see our couch? It's so nice. But at the end of the couch, there was this fucking ottoman that had like two tiers. And my mom was uh, sewing at the time. Because when you're poor, if you rip the knees out of your pants, you just fucking put a patch on them and keep moving. <laughs> I know. You know what's less, the only thing less cool than having holes in your pants? <laughs> having patches having on your patches pants. patches on there. And then my grandmother thought she got cool and started putting the patches on the inside. So you had tore pants with patches. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not, no. no. My mom would try to get the iron on patches. She was like, we got to get the denim that's the right size. The, the iron on patches, those didn't work at all. <laughs> we got to get the denim that's the same color. Like, first time you squat down, it stretches. <laughs> just immediately tears again. I was like, maybe it would be better if we just stopped spending money on patches and just bought some goddamn pants, maybe. So my mom has a sewing kit sitting right there. And my dad, there was a plate, like a small saucer, sitting on the sewing kit. And my dad's violently throwing shit. And I'm standing in the living room looking around for my dad's keys, helping him. Because when you're a kid, if your dad is yelling and doing like crazy shit, if you're you're just standing around. Nope. No, no, no. You should have done the opposite. (laughs) You try to go help. 
which is impossible because <laughs> you're you're not going to intimidate the keys any more than he is. So but you, these are the North American smart, keys. It doesn't matter. For poor people, European keys no, no difference in this case. Whereas me or probably your brother probably used this tattoo too is to disappear. No, see if you weren't doing anything, your I'd dad be out sedated by the car where I was supposed to be. Your dad, my dad, would find you and wonder why you weren't helping or doing something to make this the situation better because it was obviously your fault. No, he'd find you first because you'd be standing there like an idiot. <laughs> So I'm trying to help and shit like that. And suddenly I get winged in the head with this plate that was sitting on you top of me. You're standing out by the car where you're supposed to be. You wouldn't have got hit in the head. This is a sewing kit. There were needles and thread and all sorts of shit. And my dad grabs the handle of a sewing kit. I have no sewing kits outside by the car. <laughs> Think about this, though. As a rational human being. I am. I would have been outside by the car so I didn't get hit by your idiot dad. <laughs> Because who's going to throw a temper tantrum? Anybody who's listened to two episodes or more knows Dennis is going to throw a temper tantrum when things don't go his way. And if you're standing next to Dennis, you're going to get sucked into the tornado that is his tantrum. Duh. <laughs> so all of a sudden, my dad is in Hulk mode, throwing fucking sewing kits and, and you're shit. you're like a moron. <laughs> and and I, I hear this shit that's like from a comic book, because I hear it go, whoops. It's and like, like it made the thwack sound. It did. And went, thwack. Thwack. And my dad... In the middle of Hulk mode, he is losing his shit. The sewing kit has gone flying. There's probably like shrapnel in my elbow from the needles and shit. <laughs> He's probably like pinhead. <laughs> so, and your, your head would be a giant pinhead. <laughs> shut the fuck up, dude. God damn it. So, <laughs> this will be sticking so far out. So the plate hits me in the head. My dad hears it and I go, ah, like that. My dad stops in the middle of what he's doing. He goes, oh, damn, boy, does, did the plate hit you in the head? <laughs> not did I hit you in the head? Did the plate hit not. you in the head? <laughs> of course not. Listen to the semantics, if you will. Not did I hit you in the head? Did the plate? He's pro- oh. he's programming you what to say in case there's a mark. Oh damn got, boy! The plate hit me in the head. Oh damn boy! That plate hit you in the head. I'm sorry about that. Never accepting responsibility. I'm sorry that the plate hit you. Not I'm sorry that I launched a sewing kit at you and hit you in the head with the plate. Oh no. Now, your dad did, like, beat your ass quite a few times, but it was usually deserved. Did your dad ever throw anything at you as far as... No, he threw me. So he never launched anything at you, no, per that, se. That doesn't give him any joy, grabbing me and tossing me through a door, too. <laughs> That's like, you know, your dad did that by accident. He wasn't even looking at you. Your dumbass was just standing right where he was throwing shit. I was trying to fucking help him find his keys, goddammit. Well, did you lose the keys? No. All right. Then you probably didn't know where they were, did you? They were sitting on his bedside but table. But if he had found the keys and you were already by the car, you guys could have left, couldn't you? They were sitting by the well, It was like 22 degrees outside now that he's day, he's got to give you a cover story so he doesn't get defects called on him. <laughs> we never got defects called on us, dude. Like, my mom and dad... Because your mom busted your ass and programmed you not to think that. <laughs> she beat your ass for thinking about calling defects. I call child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I threatened to call child abuse. See, call you're a little bitch. You threatened to call child abuse. I just ran off. I ran away like 75 times. <laughs> like, I'd sleep in the woods. I was bold. Yeah, all the way up until a fucking animal started making <laughs> noises and shit. Don't forget, shit. I hid in the attic for like three days. <laughs> you told the story about hiding in the attic and shit like that. And your mom realized you were up there. And she was like, well, I guess I'll let his dumb ass just stay up there. <laughs> 
I mean, you were obviously making noise downstairs in the house. You were not a ninja, okay? At no point in your life have you been nimble. We had like a real attic. They had a floor, so it wasn't like beam to beam or nothing. But I'm saying you were still making noise. You still hear, like when people walk around. No, dude, on, I was capped down. Like I was like, I was not moving much. I, was, I thought I was like, I had my little sleeping bag up in that little corner of the house. I wasn't stupid. I didn't stay in the middle. <laughs> wherever people were here. stayed like where my room was where there was, was going to be down there I wasn't there did your mom start beating you at one point while you were up there no like that's how it caught me because I was sneaking down and getting food <laughs> so every night you had to basically Santa Claus your way in <laughs> and break into this house basically my parents drank so it was, they were heavy sleepers are you saying your parents were alcoholics during this time Jesus dude but they didn't call it that in the 80s <laughs> They just said they were social drinkers, right? right? Everybody was a social drinker every day. (laughs) (laughs) After work with three or four drinks and everything was fine. So you would sneak down while they were fucking sleeping and shit like that and grab like 20 pieces of sandwiches. Then one time I stayed in my friend's uh, uh, motorbike trailer. Motorbike trailer? Like you stayed in like a trailer trailer? Like they're they're four wheelers and they're dirt bikes. It was a trailer out the back, like a boat trailer. Is this the time that your uh, friend ratted you out of your mind? Yes. He was like the bad kid in high school. I thought for sure he could hold his mouth. Fucker. And she was all, oh, kitty, please come home. I can't believe oh, you God. did this. I can't believe you do this again. Fuck, James. God damn it. <laughs> You're just a bitch. I tried to stay under a bridge. The Hurt Road Bridge. Wait, you're talking about like the covered bridge? No, the one on Hurt Road, right where that Baptist church is, right by my Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It used to be nice down there. So you were trying to like build, you were going to be like the troll in the bridge? build like a little cardboard hut. <laughs> See, when you're a kid, you think things like that. I was going to become a the, wild man. <laughs> you think things like that all the time. When you make a clubhouse, like you will take a part of a box, like just two corners of it, <laughs> and prop that shit up against a tree. And you will think in your head that that's going to protect you from and the I elements. Did, and I did camp outside all the time during the summers, and I didn't care about the animals. I wasn't worried. I had my spear. See, my mom and dad had a spear. You know, you made spears all summer, too. Oh, yeah. But they we never... were convinced we were going to catch a bobcat. Did I ever tell that story? I don't think you've ever told that story. Oh, we had like a about... band of wild kids. <laughs> we were convinced there was a bobcat. First of all, it was probably like a raccoon. <laughs> and we were also convinced that we were going to make spears out of sticks. And we were going to, as a team, hunt down this bobcat and kill it like warrior <laughs> natives that we were. So you guys were like fucking Xena warrior princess spears and shit, like in formation. Like, and usually we were thwarted by thorns. <laughs> ah, these things are sticking me. <laughs> Break out an arrowhead formation. James, pick up the left flank. You know what I'm saying? The shit, like yeah, you had then we'd hit, we'd hit a batch of thorns and that shit would fall apart. <laughs> we couldn't hold our composure when we get, started getting scratched up. I, I will say that the only other time I've ever been scratched up by thorns that bad is when I had to chase the goddamn Max. Through the goddamn, <laughs> I was like goddamn Passion of the Christ after that shit. I drove my car. One time I was chasing, Max was our uh, golden retriever who was, um, he was a free spirit, if you will, when we first got him. And he, he hated the fact that he had to be caged. Max was one of those dogs that was like, he you had know free what? room of a whole backyard and a house. He did not, he was not caged. It's not like we had a kennel that we kept the dog in. Well, except he, when he ran away and I chained his ass in between two poles so he couldn't move. In Max's head, he believed that he was being caged and being held down and he had to break free of his chains. He didn't chains. even want to be anywhere except 10 feet out of your reach. So what Max did was he would run away. Well, the, when we very first got him, we used to drive our cars through the neighborhood chasing him, which was not a recipe for success, okay? If you've got a car... Because now he wants to play with the cars on the big roads and traffic. He thinks they're playing with him. Exactly. So I'm driving my car one day. I've just gotten this new Ford truck. 
And Max takes a left into a driveway. And I decide I'm going to follow him into this driveway because I believe I've got him cornered. And I'm going like 35 when I take the left into this driveway. Going way too fast to be chasing a dog in the first place. Max used all the same tricks as criminals when they're on the run. He would run into creeks. Oh, he would run, run all the way through run everything. Run through a bunch of thick-ass briar bushes because he knew he could get underneath them and you couldn't. He or a, he'd get his ass caught in the briar bushes and cry for a second uh, until you uh, got close uh, to him, and then he'd fucking sneak out of them. Aha, I learned you're into the briar patch. <laughs> Passion of the Christ ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> oh, dude. And then he'd run up to a stranger. Oh, dude. And he'd walk up to the stranger. I'd be like, grab that goddamn dog. <laughs> and the people look at you because for a minute, the dog's all like, Hey, human, and you're all coming out of the woods looking like a homeless fucking demon. Like, it's, if it's really hot outside, like your head's smoking and shit because it's so fucking humid and shit. Grab that goddamn dog. And then you got Max, and you don't have anything, you have to hold his collar, and he's short because he's half beagle. Or if you had jeans on, you would take your belt off and then have one hand on one of your fucking belt loops holding it up and have his ass on your belt, like dragging his ass home. And because Max was an asshole dog, he was a golden retriever who was bred with like a beagle and shit. So he had like tiny little stub legs. He used to tell people he was a a mini golden retriever. Exactly, dude. So he would fucking fall to the ground and go dead weight as fuck. So then you're having to, you're like... You drag him for just a second, be like, get your goddamn ass up. And you're already <laughs> mad at him. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And now, then you start faking limps and shit. Now the stranger that was just looking at you, who just gave you your dog back, thinks you're about to abuse this dog <laughs> in the street. Seriously about to call animal control on your ass. And then you have to pick Max's 45-pound ass up and carry his ass back to the house. And the whole time he's like, I just wanted you to carry me. <laughs> I just want you to love me. Yeah, y'all fell for that shit. Dude, you did too. You fucking chased his no, ass through briars I'd, too. I'd bring his ass home and chain his ass up, and y'all come home and why do you have uh, Max chained up like Samson right before he pulled down the temple, all arm to arm, so he can't move out of the middle? Because he's a son of a bitch. That's why. I hate this dog. Uh, uh, I fucking hate chasing why, this dog. And why do you look like you've just been scourged by the Romans? Because <laughs> Max likes briar patches. The fucking asshole dog. He would shoot between your legs when you'd go to go out the front door. Oh, dude, he would get into a corner. In a, in a fence, like he'd get into a corner in a fenced-in area, and you'd leave like a quarter inch too much on your right, and Max would fucking juke and go left, and then he'd go right, and yeah, he'd dude, be out. He was mad annoying. Dude, I, I, I love that dog, but I fucking hated chasing him. Oh, dude. Ray got knocked out chasing him. That's enough. We've already talked about that one. Quick. Bye, Felicia. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. I'd just like to remind the audience that for like an entire summer, you thought you were the crow. Hey, we have stuff we can talk about with you, too. And that's all the time we have. We're going to have to go ahead and uh, close that out right now. Let's see uh, see you now that I'm older this week. What happened here was a miracle, and I want you to fucking acknowledge it.